Section 12 of the McDermott of Ballycloran. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section 12. Mr. Keegan, Part 1. It will be remembered that the priest left Feemy after his stormy interview in a somewhat irritable mood. She was still chewing the cud of the bitter thoughts to which the events of the last few hours had given rise, and was trying to make herself believe that her brother and Father John and Pat Brady and all the rest of them were wrong in their detestable surmises, and that her own Miles was true to her, when another stranger called at Ballycloran, and a perfect stranger he must have been, for he absolutely raised the lion-headed rusty knocker, and knocked at the door, a ceremony to which the customary visitors of the house never dreamed of having recourse. So unusual was this proceeding, that it frightened the sole remaining domestic, Caddy, out of all her decorum. It will be remembered that Mary Brady had absconded with Biddy. Poor Caddy did not well know how to act under the trying emergencies of the case, she could not get to the door of Miss Feemy's parlour, as a strange gentleman was standing in the hall, so she ran round the house, and ascertaining that the intruder was well in the hall and could not see her, she clambered up to her mistress's window and exclaimed, "'Hist! Miss Feemy! There's a stranger gentleman a-rappin' at the big knocker, and I think it's the fat lawyer from Carrick. What'll I do then, miss?' "'Why, you fool!' whispered Feemy through one of the broken panes of glass. "'Go and ask him who he wants, and tell him Thady ain't at home.' So Caddy dropped from the window-sill again, and went to receive the gentleman into the house by following him in at the hall-door. By the time, however, that she had entered herself, old Larry McDermott had been roused out of his lethargy by a third knocking of the stranger, and on opening his own parlour-door was startled to see Mr. Hyacinth Keegan, the attorney from Carrick on Shannon, standing before him. Mr. Hyacinth Keegan requires some little introduction, as he is one of the principal personages of my tale. As Father Cullen before remarked, his father was a process server living at a small town called Drumshambo. That is, he obtained his bread by performing the legal acts to which Irish landlords are so often obliged to have resort in obtaining their rent from their tenants. This process server was a poor man, and a Roman Catholic, but he had managed to give his son a decent education. He had gotten him a place as an errand boy in an attorney's office, from whence he had risen to the dignity of clerk, and he was now not only an attorney himself, but a flourishing one, and a Protestant to boot. His great step in the world had been his marriage with Sally Flannelly, that Sally whom McDermott had rejected, for from the time of his wedding he had much prospered in all worldly things. He was a hard-working man, and in that consisted his only good quality. He was plausible, a good flatterer, not deficient in that sort of sharpness which made him a successful attorney in a small provincial town, and he could be a jovial companion when called on to take that part. Principal had never stood much in his way, and he had completely taught himself to believe that what was legal was right, and he knew how to stretch legalities to the utmost. As a convert, Mr. Keegan was very enthusiastically attached to the Protestant religion and the Tory party, for which he had fought tooth and nail at the last county election. Mr. Keegan boasted a useful kind of courage. He cared but little for the ill name he had acquired by his practice in the country among the poorer classes, and to do him justice had shown pluck enough in the dangerous duties which he sometimes had to perform, for he acted as agent to the small properties of some absentee landlords, and for a man of his character such duties in County Leitrim were not at that time without risk. He had been shot at, 
had once been knocked off his horse and had received various threatening letters but it always turned out that he discovered the aggressor and prosecuted and convicted him one man he had transported for life in the last case the man who had shot at him was hung and consequently the people began to be afraid of mr keegan our friend was fond of popularity and was consequently a bit of a sportsman as most connet attorneys are he had the shooting of two or three bogs kept a good horse or two went to all the country races and made a small book on the events of the curra these accomplishments all had their effect and as i said before mr keegan was successful in appearance he was a large burly man gradually growing corpulent with a soft oily face on which there was generally a smile and well for him that there was for though his smile was not prepossessing and carried the genuine stamp of deceit it concealed the malice treachery and selfishness which his face so plainly bore without it his eyes were light large and bright but it was that kind of brightness which belongs to an opaque and not to a transparent body they never sparkled his mouth was very large and his lip heavy and he carried a huge pair of brick-colored whiskers his dress was somewhat dandified but it usually had not a few of the characteristics of a horse jockey in age he was about forty-five his wife was some years his senior he had married her when she was rather falling into the yellow leaf and though mr hyacinth keegan was always on perfectly good and confidential terms with his respected father-in-law report in carrick on shannon declared that great battles took place beside the attorney's fireside as to who was to have dominion in the house the lady's temper also might be a little roused by the ill-natured reports which reached her ears that her handsome hyacinth lavished more of his attentions and gallantry abroad than at home such was the visitor who now came to call at ballycloran mr mcdermott was very much surprised for mr keegan's business with ballycloran was never done by personal visits if money was received thady used to call and pay it at keegan's office if other steps were to be taken he employed one of those messengers so frequently unwelcome at the houses of the connaught gentry and this usually ended in thady calling at mr keegan's for a fresh bill for his father to sign old mcdermott was therefore so surprised that he knew not how to address his visitor this together with his hatred of the man and his customary inability to do or say anything made him so perplexed that he could not comprehend mr keegan's first words which were not only conciliatory and civil but almost affectionate ah mr mcdermott how do you do how do you do i'm glad to see you very glad to see you looking so well too why what a time it is since i last had the pleasure but then i'm so tied by the leg so much business mr mcdermott indeed though i was determined to drop in this morning as a friend still even now i've just a word to say on business you see i must join business and pleasure so if you are not very much engaged and could spare a minute or two why i have a little proposal to make you acting for mr flannelly you know which i think you'd not be sorry to hear the attorney had been obliged to begin his story thus far in the hall as the old man had shown no inclination to ask him into the parlour nor did larry even now move from the door and indeed he did not look as though he was a fit subject to enter on business with an attorney he had not shaved or rather been shaved since sunday last his eyes though wide open looked as if they had very lately been asleep and were not quite awake his clothes were huddled on him and hung about him almost in tatters the slaver was running down from his half-open mouth and his breath smelt very strongly of whiskey keegan finding that his host did not seem bent on hospitality was edging himself into the room when feemy who had heard his address to her father came out to the old man's relief and told the visitor that he was not just himself that morning that thady was out but that she would desire him to call at mr keegan's office the next day 
ah miss feemy how's your pretty self this morning and is it the fact that we hear down at carrick that we're to have a wedding soon at ballycloran ah well of course you wouldn't be after telling me but i was very glad to hear it that i was miss feemy but mr macdermot it was your father miss feemy i was wishing to see this morning not mr thady if you could allow me ten minutes or so just a message from our old friend flannelly and by this time keegan had wedged his way into the room out of which any one who knew him would be very sure he would not stir until he had said what he had come to say larry hobbling back after him sat himself down in his accustomed chair and feemy as if to protect her father in her brother's absence followed him it's very hard then mr keegan that you should come up here as if sending your processes and latitats and distraining weren't enough but now you must ah my dear sir it's not about such disagreeable business at all we're done with all that it's not about such business at all when i've disagreeable jobs to do of course we must have disagreeable jobs sometimes why i always send some of my disagreeable fellows to do it but when i've good news why i like to bring it myself and that's why i rode down this morning larry stupid as he was couldn't be talked round by the attorney so easily if it's good news you have why shouldn't thady hear it then i am sure poor fellow he hears enough bad news from you one way or another and i tell you i can't understand business to-day and flannelly's bill doesn't come round till next month i know that and so if you please that he can hear what you have to say at carrick on saturday or monday or any day you please feemy my darling get something for mr keegan to eat i'll be glad to see you eat a bit but i can't talk any more and the old man turned himself away and began groaning over the fire you see mr keegan my father can't go to business this morning when shall i tell thady to call down but wouldn't you take a glass of wine feemy was going to say but she knew she had none to offer not a taste in life of anything thank you miss feemy not a drop i'm very much obliged to you but i'm sorry to find your good father so bent on not hearing me as i have something to propose which he couldn't but be glad to hear well father will you listen to what mr keegan has to say don't i tell you feemy that the bill doesn't come round before november and it's very hard he won't lave me in pace till that time comes you see continued feemy that he won't hear anything don't you think you'd better wait and see thady down at carrick now this was what mr keegan did not want in fact his wish was to talk over larry mcdermott to agree to something to which he feared thady would object but he had had no idea the old man would be so obstinate he however was at a loss how to proceed when feemy declared that thady was seen approaching well then miss feemy as your brother is here and as your father isn't just himself this morning i might as well do my business with him but as it is of some importance and as mr flannelly wishes to have your father's answer as soon as possible he will not object i hope to giving his opinion when he shall have heard what i have to say by this time thady was before the door and on feemy's calling to him informing him that mr keegan was in the house waiting to speak to him he came up into the parlour how do you do this morning said the lawyer shaking thady by the hand how do you do i've just ridden up here to bring a message to your father from mr flannelly about this mortgage he holds but your father doesn't seem quite the thing this morning and therefore it's as well you came in of course what i have to say concerns you as well as him of course mr keegan i look after the affairs at ballycloran mostly now don't you know it's me you look to for the money and i'm sorry you should have to bother my father about it just step out of the room feemy and the young lady retreated to her own possessions why now mr thady how you all put your backs up because an unfortunate attorney comes to call on you what i'm come to say is what i hope and think you'll both be glad to hear and i trust you've too much good sense to put your father against it merely because it comes from me 
you may be sure i shall not put my father against anything which would be good for him or feemy well mr thady so far so good and i'm sure you wouldn't besides what i've got to say is greatly to your own advantage well mr keegan out with it why you see mr macdermot and the attorney turned to the father who sat poring over the fire as if he was determined not to hear a word that passed you see mr macdermot mr flannelly is thinking how much better it would be to settle the affair of this mortgage out mr flannelly is thinking how much better it would be to settle the affair of this mortgage out and out he's getting very old mr macdermot why thady he's more than thirty years older than your father and you see he wants to arrange all his money matters between us and the bedpost by the by i wish he didn't think so much of those nephews of his however he wishes the matter settled and i explained to him that after knowing one another so long it wouldn't be fair though for the matter of that of course it would be fair but in fact the old man doesn't exactly wish it himself that is you know to foreclose at once and sell the estate here he paused while larry merrily fidgeted in his chair and thady said well mr keegan so you see he just wishes the affair to be settled amicably i fear mr thady your father hasn't just got the amount of the principal debt oh you know that of yourself mr keegan you know he hasn't the interest itself till i screw it out of them poor devils of tenants well mr macdermot as you haven't the money to pay the principal debt of course you can't clear the estate why you see the interest amounts to one hundred and ninety pounds odd shillings a year and before that's paid time is so bad you see mr flannelly is obliged obliged in his own defence you see to run you to great expense well now perhaps you'd say if flannelly wants his money at once you'd borrow it on another mortgage that is sell the mortgage mr thady but money's so scarce these days and the property is so little improved and the tenants so bad that you couldn't raise the money on it you couldn't possibly raise the money on it why mr keegan father pays mr flannelly five pounds per cent and the property is near to four hundred pounds a year even now well of course if you think so i wouldn't advise you to the contrary only if so mr flannelly must foreclose at once in which case the property would be sold out and out but perhaps you could effect a loan in time well mr keegan what was it you said you had to propose what mr flannelly proposes you mean of course i'm only his messenger now what he proposes is this you see the property is so unimproved and bad why the house is tumbling down it's enough to kill your father now he's getting a little infirm well well mr keegan what is it mr flannelly wishes to do with us wishes to do oh he doesn't wish anything of course the law is open to him to get his own in fact the law would give him much more than he wishes to take but he proposes to buy ballycloran himself buy ballycloran screamed larry well well father let's hear what mr keegan has to say well mr keegan does he propose giving anything but what he has got himself already or does he propose to take the estate for the mortgage and cry quits so that father and feemy and i can walk out just where we plays of course not of course not it's to make your father what he thinks a fair offer that i'm come up and it's what i'm sure you must think is a generous offer well out with it well then what he proposes to do is to settle an annuity on your father for his life and give you a sum of money down for yourself and your sister let's hear what he offers said thady larry whose back was nearly turned to the chair where the attorney was sitting said nothing but he gave an ominous look round which showed that he had heard what had passed but it did not show that he by any means approved of the proposition i'm coming to that 
you see the rent is mostly all swallowed up by this mortgage now can you say you've fifty pounds a year coming into the house i'm afraid not mr thady i'm afraid not and then all your time is occupied in collecting it and scraping it and if it's true what i hear to be plain i fear you'll hardly have the interest money this november and if you like mr flannelly's proposal he'll give in that half year so that you'd have something in hand to begin and how comfortable mr mcdermott would be in lodgings down at carrick you've no idea how reasonable he might board there say at dargan's for instance for about ten shillings a week and i'm very glad i can assure you to hear of the very respectable match your sister is making usher is a very steady nice fellow knows what's what and won't be less ready to come to the scratch when he knows he'll have to touch a little ready cash you'd better let us know what your offer is and lave my sister alone it doesn't do to bring every old woman's story in when we're talking business so if you please we won't calculate on Femi's marriage end of section twelve mr keegan part one